Welcome to Beyond the Microphone, a podcast about podcasters and the stories of how their shows came together, grew, and what they discovered along the way. I'm your host, Adam Burrow. So as we get into our interview here today, um, I'd like to talk a little bit specifically about Descript and how much it has been a game changer for me as a podcast producer managing four podcasts. Um, prior to using this platform, um, I had my brother-in-law, who's a professional musician. He was doing my like, sound engineering and producing amazing sounding episodes. Um, you know, it was he would inject background music and everything sounded amazing, like super high production value. Um, but you know, I, I wanted to pay him a, a, a fair you know compensation for the work he was doing, and it was fairly expensive. So you know, over time. I kind of felt like it wasn't going to be entirely sustainable. Um, and then we f- we found out about Descript. You know, some other things that we were doing too. Um, the process was very manual in working with my brother-in-law. So, you know, besides myself and my podcast, you know, the other hosts of the other podcasts, you know, one of the first things that we like to receive is like kind of like a rough cut track. So we can hear it and we can maybe go back to the sound engineer and say, hey, can you fix this section? Can you cut out this section? Can you um, stop me saying, you know, you know, you know, like 5 million times? And it was very manual and very time consuming, right? And so we found out about Descript. And even when I got started with Descript, it was a little, there was a little bit of a learning curve, but I had the great fortune of hooking up with Braxton Curtis, who we actually have a video that Braxton led um, a tutorial on Descript, and, and that really opened the door for me on Descript. I felt very comfortable working in Descript and kind of seeing what his flow was um, right away. And um, first off, from a money perspective, a lot more affordable than what I was um, paying before. Um, but, you know, it's you, you basically like take your raw files, whether it's video, if you do audio only, but you just drag those into Descript and you tell Descript to transcribe it, it's going to create the whole transcription. And it's also your team members can be can have their own accounts and be in there collaborating. So no longer do we have to send these rough cut MP3 files around and then listen to the whole episode. We can just go right into Descript and review everything in the transcript. We can actually use their AI features to take out all of our you knows and ums and ahs if, if we choose to do that. I actually prefer to keep all that stuff in because... I like the organic um, way that it flows, but that's just me. But uh, it's it's been an absolute game changer. It's got a feature called Studio Sound, which does, you know, first of all, we do record um, on professional mics. Our guest here today, I see that she's on a Shure mic, um, as am I. And so, you know, we, we do have great sounding audio, you know, just what we capture raw, but the Studio Sound feature does even clean that up even more. Sometimes a guest will come on to to my podcast or the other podcasts and you know on the on how I made it through that I produce you know those aren't podcasters that are being interviewed so they usually have their airpods or whatever the studio sound makes it like beautifully sounding and layering everything together and then have having the ability to use different compositions so you can have your main composition but then you can create little one-off compositions from that to create your like audiograms or your TikTok reels and stuff like that. So it's been an absolute game changer, both from a financial perspective. I think it's allowing us to produce better quality, um, but more like, you know, the main thing that it's done for me is take about 
90% of the time involved um, in podcast production and relieve that back to us. So it's been an absolute game changer. Go check it out. We do have, if you go to podtask.com and go to the resources link, there is a link to Descript there. We'd love for you guys, if you are interested in signing up to use that link because we get a nice little commission as an affiliate partner of Descript. So go check it out. I love it. Hope you guys um, like it too. All right, so let's introduce our guest here today. It's Sarah Losey, co-host with Larry Roberts of the podcast Branded, where each week Larry and Sarah provide practical strategies and insights to help you enhance your personal brand, extend your reach, and generate engaged leads. They share their combined wealth of knowledge and experience in brand building, marketing, and entrepreneurship to deliver actionable advice you can implement right away. Branded has a great listen score of 27 and is ranked as a top 10% podcast. Sarah, welcome to Beyond the Microphone. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super thrilled that you're here. We were talking a little bit um, before I hit the record button, and I, I stopped us because I wanted to capture this in, in the recorded interview. But let's start with this. Um, we were talking specifically about Alex Sanfilippo and just, you know, how collaborative and, and um, you know, the work he does to educate podcasters and, and really... What struck me that you said, and I, I couldn't agree more, is how sharing and collaborative um, and partnering this community is, this podcasting community. Tell me a little bit about um, your, your thoughts on that, and then, and then we'll kind of you know, get into the main, you know, how you got into podcasting and all that. But I'd, I wanted to start with, because I, I was just really, I couldn't agree more on that concept of how amazing and collaborative this space is. Yeah, that's been something that has been really amazing for me to see, especially I came into this industry out of the finance industry. And finance is a lot more competitive, almost cutthroat. Oh, yeah. And it's just such a different world. And I love it because it's so much more aligned with how I like to run my business, how I like to live my life. But one of the first times I really saw it happening i was at one of the conferences i think it was podfest maybe podcast movement mm -hmm. and someone prior to the event had reached out to me on linkedin and they found me because we do similar things we were helping uh entrepreneurs with podcast guesting we were podcast guest coaches mm -hmm. and i was like oh god he's gonna want like he's he's gonna want to put me out of business he's probably gonna tell me i'm doing everything wrong and we end up meeting in person at this event and he asks if I would sit down. Um, it was just a, a scheduled lunch in one of the rooms. And he's like, oh, would you sit with me? Like, let's talk. We end up spending the whole time talking about how we structure what we do and our business processes and everything and picking out holes that the other one could fill. So it was like, we both do the coaching aspect of podcast guesting, but I, actually help with creating lead generation magnets and all of that he's like well i don't do that could i send my clients to you and you handle that and then send them back so even though technically he was my competition we're just figuring out how we can partner so that both of us can work with like the audience that we serve so anytime someone comes to me with oh we do the same thing my first thought now is always okay but how do we do it differently and how can we fill gaps for each other? Yeah, and I I would imagine even between us, there's a lot of like cross similarities because I, you know, I have this agency called EIQ Media Group um, that 
we produce podcasts through. And, you know, same deal. Like, it sounds like you kind of are in that space as well. The education space for podcasters really just, you know, working to enable each other. I mean, like, what would we even be competitive around? I mean, you know, people that are into listening to podcasts, there's there's a connection made, right, Bet- like, to that podcast. And it's more of an emotional connection, to be honest. Oh, like, yeah. I love um, The Moth, and I feel emotionally invested in listening to that because I love storytelling podcasts. It doesn't, you know, in the traditional, com- I guess, competition space, it's like, what are what are we competing for? Like ears and time. Um, people are gonna just gravitate towards connections. Like not everybody may be into the moth. Some people may like other podcasts around whatever topic, true crime or whatever. Um, but you know, every every person has their own individual way that they connect emotionally to these podcasts. And so I think if you kind of understand that then the whole idea of competition just kind of goes away. And we're not going to all be good at everything. Like, I will tell you, like, I'm already interested in speaking with you after this about how you might be able to help us on the marketing side of things with my production company. I think we do a good job, but I'm sure there's more to learn. And it's, you know, interesting to me to find out what other people are doing that's working that we can, you know, and how I might be able to help you because really elevating us all to 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 make this you know, platform podcasting, um, really, you know, more embraced as such a trusted platform that people can go find amazing content in, right? Hey there, fellow podcasters. This is Tori Barker of the Creative Visionaries Podcast, and I'm excited to introduce you to Podtask, the all-in-one platform designed to streamline your workflow and take your show to the next level. If you're tired of feeling overwhelmed by the tasks required to manage your podcast, then check out Podtask, where you can easily streamline your podcasting process and simplify your workflow. Say goodbye to the stress of managing multiple tasks and deadlines, and hello to a more efficient and productive podcasting experience. And it doesn't just stop there. Podcast also offers AI-based marketing tools that give your podcast a competitive edge. As a fellow podcaster, I know from experience how important it is to have a reliable and efficient tool like Podcast to keep you on track. It helps save me so much time in post-production, which allows me to focus on what really matters, creating great content for my listeners. So if you're ready to take your podcast to the next level, Head over to podcast.com and sign up for a free forever plan and get started today. Yeah, when I launched my company, like I said, I came out of the finance space and I was producing a financial literacy podcast and that's how I fell into podcasting. But as a producer, I was Bring, like having guests on that didn't do a great job and I either didn't want to release the episode, I didn't release the episode, or I was just like, mm, I have nothing else I can release, I kind of have to. Or I was sending my host to go guest on other shows and the host didn't do a great job. So I was seeing kind of where people were struggling. And when I launched my company, I did it almost as a favor to other podcast producers because if I can help create better guests and even create better hosts, then that will improve the industry overall. Because 
it's all intertwined. So, and if I can teach one person how to do something better and then they teach it to somebody else and then they teach it to somebody else, it has this whole butterfly effect and then everyone can put out a little bit better of their content. And like that's not a competition for me. That is like things are being done better, rising tides, raise all ships, whatever it is yeah. that they say, the super cliche thing. But that's like what I wanted to do was just get everybody to be doing something a little bit better so that like we're serve we're all serving the same audience it's just people yeah and if people are going to listen to us we should be giving them as best of content as we possibly can so i'd rather help improve all of that content than i put out really great content and you guys just fend for yourselves totally i and that's an interesting space i haven't really kind of heard about guest coaching so i want we're going to get into that and i want to sure. i want to know more about that um, but let's kind of go back a little bit. You, and you talked about a little bit of how you got into podcasting. Um, I'm going to read what I pulled from your profile in Podmatch because oh, I, I think this is pretty fascinating. In 2021, I accidentally got booked as a guest on the acclaimed financial podcast, Stacking Benjamins, not to share my insights and wisdom about money, but to tell a story about a really bad tattoo. Somehow the way I was guided to tell the story made me see the value in it, and now I share it openly on podcasts and stages across the country as proof that even stories that seem trite can be invaluable when told well. So I'm really curious about that, <laughs> and I'd love to give you the platform here to tell that story. Oh, goodness. I really got to take that off my profile. <laughs> so what's the rating of this show? Is this uh, like... The rating, like you, PG. Can speak, you can speak anything here. This okay. is the, the rating is whatever you want so it to be. In the uh, FinCon community, which is uh, a financial marketing media conference, I am known as the girl with the penis tattoo. <laughs> okay. I went on a solo trip to Ireland when I was 21 or 22, and I asked for an airplane tattoo to commemorate this big adventure I went on. Oh, no. It did not look like an airplane. It looked like a penis. Oh, so no. I was at Podcast Movement uh, in Nashville in, I think, like 2021. And Joe Salcihai of Stacking Benjamins was there. And I was in the finance space. The host of the show I was producing was finance. And I wanted to get him on Joe's show. So... I casually stalked him for three days. And I like when I say stalked, I don't just mean like, oh, look, there he is. Let me talk to him. Like I stood at a cocktail table hiding behind a book I pretended to read. Like I should have gotten a restraining order against me. It was that bad. But I finally find him and I'm able to talk to him. And I think I yelled at him on accident instead. I'm just like, Joe Salcihai, if I don't get my host on your show, I will be fired. And instead of calling security, uh, he sits down with me and we, to have a conversation about how to get my host on his show. And after I pitched this, like, he is a finance expert, financial planner. He has all of these designations, like XYZ after his name. Um, can he be on your show? He's like, no, I don't <laughs> like I don't need an expert. I want someone with a cool story. So I think I like had a stroke or something because what I said next was, do you want to hear about the time I got a tattoo of a penis while I was in Ireland? <laughs> and I don't think anyone would say no to that. 
Yeah. But what I didn't expect was for him to say, okay, you're on the show. Right then and there. Mm-hmm. Love it. So I end up going on. It's the first time I ever guested on a podcast, too. And, of course, I started small with one of the biggest finance shows in the world. And <laughs> I was ex- like, this has always just been a story that I would tell at a bar or like just a little haha, I made mistakes. But he had me tell this story in a way that highlighted the impact that trip actually had on my life, Mm. which it was like a journey of self-discovery. It was me finding my confidence and going across the world by myself and being able to be self-sufficient. And um, I came back very dissatisfied with the kind of dead-end job I was at, the dead-end relationship I was in. And I ended up just quitting my job, packing up, leaving, moving to Texas. I... Uh, doubled my salary within like a couple months and just so many good things started happening because I started I just became more brave and more willing Mm -hmm. to take chances because I never would have thought I could go across the world by myself not know anybody not know anything and still manage to be okay and have an amazing trip meet new people make new connections some of them I still talk to and that is how he had me tell that story And when I listened back to it, I was like, wow, this is actually like a really great experience that I didn't even appreciate. So that was how things started to change in my mind. And I realized that a lot of us, when we say like, well, I don't really have a story, it's because we don't understand the kind of stories that are worth telling. And stories don't have to be traumatic or dramatic or sensational to have value you just have to tell them in a way that really highlights what was happening and in your life and the changes and the experiences because the connections that we make all come down to those shared experiences. So when we tell the little stories, the just like everyday successes and failures that we go through, they're going to relate with so many more people than our big triumphant stories that are newsworthy. 100%. Like what's resonating for me right now, just hearing you talk about that is the word authenticity, right? And so, yeah, like, I, and that's probably something I struggled with as well, you know, um, back former Adam um, would would fall into this, you know, pattern of thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm not that special. I don't have these like amazing experiences, I, you mm-hmm. know. I've never like skydove out of an airplane into, you know, a stadium or whatever. Like, but you're oh, right. I have. It's it, awesome. <laughs> no, I've not. <laughs> okay. I know someone that has, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, it's, you, you don't have to have these grandiose stories. Like what you said, people are looking for the shared experience. They're looking for that authenticity. They're looking for relatability and connection and that, that's like a human thing. That's like the human connection thing. And yeah. um, I want to touch on all I'm taking like copious notes here. I want to touch on a number of things that you're saying. But, you know, something that I've spoken about with others and I, I, I find it just really, really fascinating is I think during the pandemic, you know, we, we lost this face to face connection. But I think podcasting really took off then because people were finding and they're able to make human connections. Even if you're just listening, you're listening to, I'm going to go back to the moth again. You're listening to a po- somebody 
sharing their own experience on a stage, but you're just there as a listener with headphones on, but you're able to make this human connection. No, it's not the same as in person, but it feel like it came close and it, it got us through the pandemic in, in, in a way, right? Um, you know, tell me, you know, just high level podcasting and this idea of like human connection in this age where perhaps with so many remote workers and just these diminished opportunities for face-to-face human connection, where does podcasting fit in there for you? Podcasting is so unique as a media and it really is a driver of that connection. And I'm, I don't know the actual neuroscience or psychology behind it, but when you have a conversation that you're just listening to in your headphones, it almost feels like you're part of it. And then compare that to if you're watching a video of it. I mean, podcasting has become very heavily video, but Mm -hmm. I think the audio only aspect of it is still what's driving it. Mm -hmm. But if you're watching a video of people having a conversation, it's very clearly the conversation is between them. But when it's just in your headphones, you can't see anything. It's almost like you're listening into this conversation that you're a part of. And it makes you feel that connection. And then at the same time, podcasts are not, yes, they're used educationally, but they're not reliant on like data and statistics as much as some other type like publishing. A lot of people do rely on that information. Mm -hmm. But with podcasts, the way we or at least the way we should be explaining the information and teaching the the subjects is through stories. So those stories are what's going to drive that connection. And I don't like, I can't think of any other media that really does that. Like, yeah. and in a way that's so accessible. Anybody can have a podcast. All you need is a decent microphone. And even even with that, people are really quick to forgive bad audio quality if the content is good. But not everyone can have a Super Bowl commercial. Not everyone can have a published book. Like there's so many other types of media that are way less accessible and doesn't have the same level of impact. I imagine, you know, so with your podcast branded um, and around the idea of branding in general, um, that this storytelling and this authenticity like flows right into how you perceive branding. So tell us a little bit about your podcast branded and how how it kind of supports this big picture, like everything that you're saying about the storytelling, the intimacy, the emotional connection. Yeah, our podcast is all about personal branding, but even thought leadership and content creation as a whole and how we can put our personal brands out into the world. And so we talk about podcasting, we talk about publishing and blogging, like all of the different areas of content creation, but it all does come back to that authenticity And we probably say that word three or four times in every episode and people are probably Mm -hmm. really tired of hearing it. (laughs) But it's so true because you can hear bullshit. If you're putting out this personal brand that is just some fake persona, people will see through it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just on audio, they'll hear that that's just not real. Like it's actually something that you can really pick up on pretty easily. So you have to be yourself. And... I'm even I'm actually putting a book out pretty soon. It's in editing right now, but that's all about storytelling and how we find those stories that can make us thought leaders and that can drive those connections because 
if I were to sit here and just read facts from a textbook, you might learn something, but that's not engaging. That's not compelling. That's not going to make you want to listen. But if I can tell you a story and just weave in this really valuable information, you're going to learn something, but you're also going to get to know who I am. And you're going to start that no like trust process that is so important in personal branding and marketing and sales in whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. And I want to, so I'm going to go back to the travel story um, because <laughs> as you were talking about that, and this kind of relates to, you know, what we're talking about now with the authenticity and the yeah. kind of vulnerability is this idea of emotional courage. Mm -hmm. And so as you were describing your story to Ireland and you were, you were young and I'll share with you, like I didn't have my first kind of solo trip um, and to Europe specifically until I was 38 years old, which mm -hmm. is, at, you know, for my brother's wedding. Um, and I had a very similar experience. So, you know, in hearing your story, yeah, like I wrote down the words emotional courage. And I think that relates to so many things like getting into podcasting, getting into being a thought leader, getting into, you know, public speaking and stuff like that. It all takes emotional courage. And so talk to me a little bit about this trip in, in, in particular. And because they trips like that do change us. I mean, yeah. you came back and you quit a job and you, you know, for me, um, when I went to Europe, it was right after I got divorced from my ex-wife and I had never had, I really, cause I had kids when I was young. I mean, I never really had any kind of adult Adam experiences like individually on my own without yeah. being a, a provider. Right. And this was my first one and it fundamentally changed me and I came back a different person and, and a totally different perspective. So I'd love for you to just share more about just that, that idea around emotional courage and how it kind of plays into all of this that we're talking about. Yeah, it's really funny that you bring that up because I left out the piece that really ties in the most with that, which was originally the trip that I booked was for Greece and it was not just for me. It was mm. me and my then boyfriend, and it was the trip that we were going to take to get engaged. Mm. Um, I'm still not sure if he knew we were going to get engaged, but if you take me to Greece and you don't propose, that's we're done. <laughs> um, but it was a really bad relationship, and we ended up, I made the decision to step away from that relationship after I booked the trip, but before we took it. And I had just this trip booked and deposits paid and all of this. And I'm just like, okay, now what? And I had spent so long feeling super dependent on somebody yeah. else. And I never wanted to stay in Maryland, which is where I was living. But that's where he was. And that's where he worked. And I can't just leave because he's here. So I felt really tied to this one mm -hmm. place and just really just dependent on like where somebody else was and what they were doing. So being able to just say, okay, I'm just going to pick a place that I've always wanted to go to and I'm going to just go by myself. And it was such a kind of freeing uh, experience mm -hmm. in ways that I never thought. Like I was terrified to go. And of course, before I go, everyone is reciting the plot of Taken and like, you got to be careful. Sure. I'm like, that's why I chose Ireland. Like, everything's fine. Um, if anything, I'm going to like trip over a beer bottle. Like I will be okay. <laughs> and there's no language barrier. Everything's fine. But I really was scared. And it was a fear of just being completely alone because it wasn't something I'd really yeah. done before. 
And then I'm standing in the middle of a city I've never been in with people I've never met. And I feel that feeling of being alone, but it didn't scare me. Mm. Like it was actually comforting. And that was the moment that I realized, okay, I can do things like this. Like I can do things that scare me. So I got the tattoo. I came home and covered it up 30 days later. And, but then I packed up and left and moved to a state I had never been to with no, like never met anyone there just because I wanted something different. Like Maryland held a lot of bad memories for me. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted a change. And people thought I was crazy for just packing up and leaving, going across the country. But I knew I would be okay by myself no matter what, because I'd already done things like that and lived the fear and made it through. Yeah, and and it is scary. I mean, even for me, like I said, I was 38 years old and I went to Europe for my brother's wedding and this was probably two months after I split with my ex. And so a really, really emotional time, a really vulnerable time for me, um, a scary time. And, you know, so at the wedding, I was there in a group with like, you know, 20 of my other family members, I never got to have a, a single moment alone. And and I had my, my kids who are now older at the time. So, you know, I did, you know, kind of care for them and stuff like that. And the interesting thing is I had booked for my ex-wife to also come to the wedding, right? We didn't know that we would end up splitting a couple months before the wedding. So I had this ticket paid for. I'm like, what am I going to do with it? And at, when I came back from the wedding, kind of, I, I had that travel itch now a little bit. I just wanted to see more. And so I booked a trip um, using that credit that I had to go to, I I started in Barcelona and did a a few days there and then went to um, Florence, Italy, and then Mm -hmm. to Rome where I did connect with my little brother in Rome. And, and that was a blast, but it really unlocked so much for me. I, I highly recommend you know, if for people that haven't really taken those sorts of trips before, do it and and perhaps do it alone um, because there's so much opportunity for self-exploration and growth there that is so, it's just hard to get that if you're with somebody else. Now, I like taking trips with other people too because mm-hmm. then, you, then you have kind of the shared experience with like your best friend or a loved one, right? And so that's cool too. But, um, you know, where there's these opportunities to really, really just get completely out of your comfort zone and, you know, explore the inner workings. Like, you know, you find opportunities like, well, so what are some of my belief systems and, and perhaps which of those are completely ridiculous that I've subscribed to my whole life, right? And, you know, these types of trips are ways to explore that. So segueing into your podcast, you know, getting into starting your, your own first podcast, um, which did I, did I get this correctly, that that came after your guest appearance on Stacking Benjamins? Oh, yeah. When I was on Stacking Benjamins, I was still working for the financial firm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just actually resigned at the end of last year and launched my company in January of this year. And me and Larry launched Branded in June. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so let's, pretty recent. let's stick with that because let's, let's kind of segue into the, the courage it took, you know, in doing that even because for for so many for most of us really that get into podcasting it um 
you know, there's there's a story behind it. There's perhaps um, a period of like self exploration or growth. And and you know, for myself, I mean, I, you know, coming from like an IT consulting world, um, I could never have imagined myself being in the podcasting space. It, it took a lot of emotional courage. It took a lot of vulnerability. And I imagine that you have a lot of those, you know, shared experiences there. Definitely. And I, a lot of people don't know this. Well, they probably do now because I talk about it. But I'm actually really introverted. And I go to so many of these conferences and I have this like persona that comes out that is very bubbly and outgoing and extroverted. And it's authentic because I don't do it on purpose. It's just the piece of my personality that comes out at these events. But then I get home and I'm really quiet. So when people ask me like, oh, you have a podcast, you must be like really extroverted and love to talk to people. It's not really true, but podcasting actually makes it easy. I, Larry and I just literally an hour ago, were doing a, an episode about this, about how with podcasting, really, I'm just talking to you right now. Like it's actually a very controlled environment. So if I say something that I didn't mean to say, I can edit it out and yeah. it's kind of a way to ease into some more public um, like thought leadership approaches. Like podcasting can be almost a gateway drug to things like public speaking because mm -hmm. it gets you used to speaking into a mic, used to sharing your ideas, but in a way that is very controlled. So it's actually been really helpful for me. The first times I was on podcasts, I was probably a terrible guest. And I'm so sorry to those shows that let me on before I was ready. Um, but now it's something that I'm comfortable doing and I'm confident doing because I've just done it so much. And now I do speak on stages at conferences all over the country. And that I'm still getting used to and I'm still getting comfortable with. But I don't think I ever would have been able to do that if it hadn't been for environments like this that let me just practice speaking. Because it's different than when you're just like talking to someone just on the couch, like talking into a microphone, having a camera in front of you, knowing more people are going to hear this. It has that added pressure, but less so than anything that's live. Totally agree with that. And, you know, for me, I think what's interesting. So I actually started working from home only maybe like a month and a half ago. I, oh, wow. I had this corporate office and I, you know, before the pandemic, my whole team would go there. But I had maintained that up until I think the end of September is when the lease expired on that. So working from home's a new thing for me. And, you know, one of the things I was really concerned about was kind of like isolation, like just being in my house all day. Like, yeah, my wife's around sometimes, but just it can feel isolating and you can feel, you know, just kind of locked in. Um, but like, I'm really you know, happy to to be in the space and podcasting and having conversations like this with people like you, because it does give me like a feeling of I'm still able to have these connections that I'm making, even though, you know, yeah, I'm not getting out there and like meeting new people face to face as much as I used to. But uh, I think podcasting's cool in that it's it's really, you know, providing this thing that I need. Um, like you, I'm I'm also, you know, probably introverted, but I think I'm maybe half and half. I, I kind of, I it's like also, yeah, whatever you want to call it. I, <laughs> I kind of like that side of it too, but I can only take so much of the yeah. extrovertedness before it completely just sucks all my energy. Um, but as we come to a wrap here today, and again, thank you so much for coming on. This has been 
super fascinating conversation. I'm really happy to have had the opportunity to to get to know you here today. But Me as we too. come to a close, um, I always I always wrap up with two questions on the theme of discoveries. And the first question on that theme is, and you know, you probably spoke on many of these you know ideas here today already, but how has or what discoveries have you made just about podcasting the podcasting space since and i know you've only been doing it a short time as a host but you've been doing it a little longer as a guest but you know what discoveries have you made just about the podcasting space that perhaps you weren't aware of before you got into it yeah there's so many things that i can think of i mean one is just how much of a community it is um i never was with podcast being something you usually just record in a closet in your house. It doesn't seem like something that would really lend itself to such a community. But the other part of it is how much it leads into a marketing plan. So I've really been focusing it as like on the business side of it. And I I launch branded podcasts for businesses. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned that it's really powerful for marketing, but also how specifically and strategically you have to do it for that to be successful and for that to not come off like advertising yeah that's i i think i've had a lot of those same insights as well totally um final question again on the theme of discoveries more kind of self-reflection um you know what discoveries have you made about yourself personally that you weren't aware of about yourself before you got into podcasting probably that my stories are worth telling. And that's the first thing I learned the first time I ever spoke into a mic uh, on a podcast. So I've already thanked Joe Salcihai so many times for this, but <laughs> he really did show me that everybody has a story. It doesn't matter how small and somebody out there needs to hear it. And even if the impact that your story has is just making somebody laugh on a bad day, like your story has an impact. So you'll never know unless you tell it. I love it. Those are amazing words to close with today. Um, But I wanted to give you a chance to uh, let people that are listening know where they can find out more about you, the work that you do with your, um, you know, helping people through your branding um, and stuff like that. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I actually do have an ebook I recently put out all about building your brand. So if anyone is interested in kind of building their own personal brand, uh, it's Uh, It's called Build Your Brand, Eight Components to a Brand That Sticks. You can download it for free at favoritebrandguide.com. That'll also send you to my website so you can find all my socials, my podcasts, my services, anything it is that you want to learn about me. And like I said at the beginning, my company is called Favorite Daughter Media. So I would love to talk to anybody who wants to chat. We will have these links in our episode show notes, so definitely check those out. Thank you again, Sarah. This has been awesome to get to know you. Um, I love conversations like this. You were really open and honest and vulnerable today, so thank you so much for coming on Beyond the Microphone. Thank you so much for having me. Sarah Losi is the founder and president of Favorite Daughter Media, a creative agency dedicated to helping mission-driven businesses and entrepreneurs use their outside voices. By leveraging the connective power of storytelling, Sarah can help you transform your passion into a platform for thought leadership, position yourself as a subject matter expert, and reach an audience with a message that resonates. With Sarah, it's not just about speaking out. It's about letting your story unfold in a way that captivates and leaves an indelible mark. Are you stuck trying to take your podcast to the next level? Do you need help with marketing or post-production? 
At EIQ Media Group, we offer podcast coaching, production, editing, and marketing support. Head on over to www.eiqmediallc.com to learn more. And if you're enjoying Beyond the Microphone, we would love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, as well as to our YouTube channel. You can find all of these links in our episode episode show notes. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time on Beyond the Microphone. Beyond the Microphone is produced and distributed by EIQ Media Group, LLC. Elevate your emotional IQ with podcasts and content focused on entrepreneurship, overcoming adversity, stories of emotional courage, women's health, aging, and more.